Welcome to Storytelling. This week's guest is an author, business journalist, keynote speaker and moderator. His work has appeared on CBS, Reuters and BBC World Service. He has hosted events in Europe, the US and Australia and coached Olympians, cabinet ministers and CEOs. He has a reputation as a warm, inclusive moderator and a powerful speaker on innovation, change and storytelling. We both have a passion for storytelling. And in this episode, he shares the reason why he wrote the book, Storytelling is Your Superpower. Please welcome Ian Hawkins. Hello, Ian, and welcome to the podcast. Hello, Debbie. Thank you so much for having me. Ian, storytelling. Mm. We both know it's so important, but can you tell us why, in your own words, this is particularly important to you? I think it's even more important than people realise, because stories of the software that our brains run on. Have you ever had an argument with somebody and you've tried to change their mind with a brilliant fact or a great piece of data or a statistic that is irrefutable and they don't change their minds? And the reason for that is because data never changes anybody's mind. The thing that changes people's mind is the thing that put those that way of seeing the world right in their brain in the first place, and that is stories. We understand the world through stories. We we retrofit stories. If you ask somebody to tell you what happened last week and you ask three people that were at the same event, you'll get three different answers because everybody retrofits what happened to their own version of events. They all create a story. So we create stories all the time and that's how we see the world around us. So Ian, there are some people who have this misconception that they have to come up with some elaborate story in order to yeah. convey a message but that's not so is it no i tell you what there's a really good trick that you can do and if you play this game with a bunch of friends you'll soon find out how stories work what you do is you say right we're going to build a story one sentence at a time okay and you go around the room and you say right what happens next what happens next what happens next? And each person adds to the story and the story gets bigger and bigger and explosions happen and you go into outer space and everybody dies and the world ends and then a spaceship comes down. All this, kind of, But it's not a story. It's just a bunch of stuff that happens. And at the end, you say, well, that was totally forgettable because everyone was just trying to, to outdo each other. What a story is, is actually smaller is better the more specific you can be the better and ultimately a story is just a decision it's a decision that the main character makes in response to a set of circumstances they come up with a decision and then it's how that decision plays out so you've written a book about storytelling what specifically can we learn from your book i'm really pleased you asked because i realized as i talk about storytelling i've made it all sound quite heavy and quite Serious. So I wrote this book called Storytelling is Your Superpower. And the idea was just to make it fun again. We always get very het up on how we're telling our stories and trying to make sure that they are, you know, perfect and beautiful and 
sparkly and all that kind of thing. But stories come from a playful place, and it's kind of a playful book. It looks like a kid's book, and actually I think you could sit down and read it with your 8, 9, 10-year-old. But it's also really good if you're running a business to tell you how to tell the story of your business better. In the book, there are exercises, there are games you can play, and the thinking behind creating it was to create a really quick, fast tool to help people out there learn to tell stories better. I think it also came from going to see, I've got, I don't know about you, Debbie, but I have a whole bunch of business books on my shelf and they all run to about 30, 40 or 50,000 words. And I don't have time to go through that. So I wrote a really short book, which just says really simply how you tell a better story. Hopefully by the time you get to the end, one, it's been fun. Two, it's been quick. And three, you go, oh, actually, I can actually tell better stories now. So in summary, what would you say are the three main points that we need to consider? Because as you rightly said, it's not just telling stories for telling's sake, but people hmm. in a business world, they use it to grow their companies and, and so forth. Okay. The the three main things I would say are, are you've got to remember a story. At the heart of every story is a decision. So let's look at something like the Nike slogan, just do it. Is that a story? Yes, it is, because it's the decision, isn't it? It's just it's telling you, just do it. Whatever decision it is in your head, just go and do it. So the three things are, first of all, how did you get there? You know, what are your circumstances? What is the crisis that's driving you? That's the first bit. The second bit is what's the decision that you or your customer is going to make in response to that? And finally, how does it play out? How do you resolve the crisis that you set off? So if you are selling anything, you'll know that you need to create demand in your customer. Is your card no longer the exciting, reliable vehicle it once was? Does your kitchen need a refresh? Are you tired of boring, looking around my desk, uh, of boring pencil monotony? What you need is a, is a nice new car, a shiny new kitchen, and my fantastic pencil. It's the oldest sales trick in the book, and it works because it's telling a story. Now, that's a slightly crude way of putting it, but the more sophisticated you can be with it, ideally, you can get your story down to, to Nike's three words. Just do it. So, Ian, you have a very interesting background. What is your story? My story is that I started life as a comedy writer, working in BBC Comedy. I did things like the News Quiz and the Now Show. And I sort of did these sideways moves in my career, and I became a business journalist. And in the middle of COVID, I unfortunately got COVID. I went to hospital, spent some time in hospital, very unwell. I have a previous heart condition. And clearly, having a COVID on top of that was was not, a, was not probably perhaps the best idea of mine. But as I lay there in hospital thinking, oh, I really don't feel well and I'm not sure that I'll be able to recover fully after this, I thought the best thing to do was to start a business. And I realized that I had to take control of my story. My story was one of, of being ill, you know, having heart disease, and then the trauma of that leading to drinking too much, not living a, a healthy lifestyle. Uh, I'd cleaned my act up by the time COVID came around, but I also knew that lying in hospital, I was in danger of letting other people make decisions for me. So I put myself at the center of the story. I said, what's the decision I'm going to make? The decision I'm going to make is to start a business. And so I started that business 
from my hospital bed. I built a website at about three o'clock in the morning when I couldn't sleep using the hospital Wi-Fi. And it's still running today, still earning me a, a nice little income from my business. So that in short is my story. What would you say that is the main thing that you've learned about, say, sharing your story and helping others to help share their stories? I think the most important thing I've learned is that we all have choices. Uh, Sometimes we have lots of choices. Sometimes we don't have many choices. We have good choices and bad choices. But we don't start having the opportunities that we want until we get hold of those decisions and make them for ourselves. And I think by centering people in their story, ultimately it does come down to you because we can all say, oh, my life is terrible because somebody else did this to me or something happened like that or circumstances didn't work out. And yeah, well, newsflash, life is not fair. <laughs> and uh, and newsflash number two Other people do not necessarily have your best interests at heart. So what you have to do is you have to say, what is my circumstances? What is the crisis to which I'm responding? And what decision am I going to make in the face of it? That's not always easy because sometimes it means you have to make big changes because often uh, the circumstances in which you find yourself are there because of other decisions you've made. But you have to make a decision. And then you have to stick to it. And then you have to be consistent. And that is the only way of getting yourself out of circumstances that are not good. Good friend of mine, Chris Moon, always likes to say, you can't change your circumstances, but you can always change your attitude towards them. And I like to think that when you get hold of your story, you can start rewriting it for yourself. You don't have to let somebody else be the the author of your destiny. If you let somebody else make the decisions, it's not your story anymore. You're just a bit part player. I just want to bring you back to what we discussed earlier with regards to how companies use storytelling. And we spoke offline earlier and you gave a really great example of of climate change. Yeah. Thanks, Debbie. I always like it when I'm uh, prompted into a good story I've I've given when I'm not being recorded. Um, Climate change is one of those things that I think is, is really important. But I do believe that we've, I think the green movement has rather missold the problems of climate change. And the reason they've done it is because they, it comes from a place of science. And science is all about the data point. And that data, of course, leads to one inevitable conclusion, which is the planet is warming up and we need to do something about it yesterday. But because of the way that the green movement has failed in its ability to tell a story effectively because it has not put decisions in the hearts and the in the ability of the people that are listening it's failing and it has failed for a long time because people see environmentalism as as being you don't have a choice you have to do this we have to do that and that's why people don't like it that's why people switch off from it it's because they're not telling their stories very effectively and also it's because climate crisis denialism or climate scepticism is really easy to do. And it's really easy to do because it comes from people that build stories. They build stories and say, oh, but the weather's always changed, all that kind of thing. And all right, it's nonsense, but you won't change people's minds with a data point. You can't change people's minds with facts. The green movement absolutely has to get on the case when it comes to storytelling. Uh, I think the problem has been that as scientists, they are desperately seeking the truth 
and nothing but the truth. And sometimes the story is not 100% true, but it points to a higher truth. And as I say that, I can Im- imagine all the scientists in my life screaming at me going, no, we have to be absolutely 100% nailed on with our evidence. And you think, yes, but that ain't going to change anybody's mind. I think when you hear someone telling their story of how climate change has affected them personally, that mm. relates more with individuals than listening to facts and figures. It's interesting. There was a presidential debate recently in the United States, and uh, one of the candidates was saying, oh, you know, climate change is a hoax. And you look at their state and you think, your state is half underwater because of this climate change, quote unquote, hoax. So if there's clearly political reasons why, why you don't want to go near climate change and you don't want to touch it. There's clearly political reasons why you don't want to touch climate change. And that reason is because you've you fed your people the story that it's a myth for so long. You know, if, if the story you tell is that your opponent is a liar, there's nothing your opponent can do or say that will change your mind. Because you'll say, well, of course they'd say that. They're a liar. If you look at the American presidential election coming up, both sides are accusing the other side of being a liar. So... Where where do you go from there? That's the most polarising thing of all. What would you say is the best way that companies can use storytelling to actually grow awareness, to actually help to grow their businesses and to allow this awareness to actually take place? Storytelling is, is it sounds like it should be something that's completely from marketing, right? Because you'd say, well, you know, Nike, just do it, put it on a poster, put it in an advert. That's where a story lives. But actually, I'm a great believer in stories being important and values being important for a business with it, you know, internally. It's not just about what goes out there into the real world. You have to live your values. And if you tell a story that's really clear about your business, you can put that into the minds of the people that work for you. I think that value-driven companies are really important. I think that particularly if you talk to companies now, the one thing they all struggle with is finding talent. And talent is one of those slightly tricky things to deal with because, yes, people want money. But increasingly, people want to work for a company that they like or that they admire or that has the values that chime with their own. And so if you want to get the best people in, you need to be telling a good story. If you want to have a strong company, you want to be telling a story to your own people. If you want your customers to love you, you need to be telling a consistent story that is truthful and real. Because if you break the promise, like every uh, BJ Cunningham, branding expert says, a brand is a promise. Uh, A brand is also a story. And if you break that story, if you show that it's not true, then you lose customers, you lose goodwill, you lose the people inside your company as well. Building a business is about having strong values that you communicate well. And the best way to communicate those is through a story. Thank you, Ian, for sharing that. I think that's really important that we understand how companies and businesses can use storytelling Hmm. to enhance themselves, enhance their brand, and to create even more awareness. We've talked about how important it is for an individual and even companies to make choices. What advice would you give to someone who doesn't know where to start? They, they have a story they want to share, and they don't know how to start. I think that the main thing to do is to figure out what the decision is at the heart of your story. That's 
bang in the middle of the story. That's the, that's the tent pole on which all else, you know, falls. It holds everything else up. So think of the big, the biggest decision, the most important decision you've made in in your life, whether that is to get married, whether that is to get divorced, is that to quit a particular job, is it to quit drinking, whatever that decision is. Right, put that in the middle, and then think about all the reasons that built up to you making that decision. What was the thing that set you off and made you think, "Ah, oh, I must make a change." Then about talk about that change, how you came to make that decision, and then afterwards you say what the results of that decision have, have been. And if you can end by saying, "And this is how the crisis at the beginning was solved." Right. So my thing is, I gave up drinking. I gave up drinking because I was tired of waking up with a hangover every morning and I knew that ultimately it was going to be very bad for my health. I stopped drinking. Now I live a much healthier life. Not that you can tell right now because I've got a bit of a cold, but I do live a much healthier life. Uh, I've achieved better things. I've managed to start a business. I've got a lovely home and lots of other good things have come about from not drinking. So the beginning and the end of that story are connected and they're connected through the decision in the middle. Thank you very much, Ian. I think you've given us some wonderful sound advice with regards to how we can share our stories, whether we're individuals, whether we're, we're companies. And I just want to thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Debbie, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. If you would like further details about Ian Hawkins and to order a copy of his book, Storytelling is Your Superpower, then please follow the link in the show notes.